Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Indeed, you and I have a lot to thank the Lord for. If we would reflect on our lives, we would know that indeed our praise, our thanks to the Lord can never end. There's a, there's a song that I like. It says, so, you and I, when we reflect on life, we would always have cause to give praise to the Lord Most High for the things that He has done for us. Glory to His name. So, this evening... I thank Papostofo and the elders for giving me the opportunity to, to share. And I thank the Lord Most High for giving us life. You and I are alive. And we see each other's face. We are in evil times. But yet, the grace of God has kept and preserved you and I. And we have every reason to thank Him. Shall we bow down our heads for prayer? So our dear Father, we are thankful for gathering us at your feet to hear from you. We thank you for your words of life, your words of comfort, your words that give us direction in life. So Father, this evening I present your people who are gathered in your presence before you. Holy Spirit, we invite your very presence to be with us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will grant us understanding, insight, and enlightenment. As the hymn said, when we see you as you are, we will praise you as we ought. So all that each and every one of us, Father, will see you as you are, so that we will live our lives in praise to your name. In Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. The topic for our reflection this evening is learning to hold fast the word of faith. Learning to hold fast the word of faith. And um, I, I want us to start with some definitions. So... Um, we live in times when there's something called Google, so we always want to check Google and see what Google is saying. So I checked the meaning that Google assigns to the, the word faith. And, and the second meaning says that faith is defined as a strong belief in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. And I like that. See, a strong believing in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. So that's what Google has for us. And you and I, as men of faith, when we talk faith, we always go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And there we read that now faith is the assurance. And I'm, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, faith is the assurance title deed, confirmation of things 
Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being proof of things we do not see. And the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real, as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And I like that. So, please, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. So, if you go and buy a plot of land, what is the proof? The proof of your ownership is the title deed. So, that's why he's using there. The title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. So, we have the proof, although we do not see. And the conviction of their reality. The conviction of their reality. And then he puts in parentheses that faith, perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the physical senses. And so, when we come to the word of faith, word of faith, the word of God which we receive as a fact. Now we are doing deductions, putting the things together. So, it is word of faith refers to the word of God which we receive as a fact or a reality, although it cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You know, so it is something that you hold and, you know, it's not something that you may touch here, but then it is a reality, although it cannot be uh, proved or seen by the physical senses. We also know that the word refers to Jesus because in, in uh, John 1 we read and the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were created through him and without him was anything made that was made but I like it when you come to uh, John 1 verse 14 he says and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory. So, the word, when we speak of the word, we are talking about the word of God, or we are talking about Jesus, if you like. So, um, we see Jesus becoming flesh, dwelling amongst us, and we beholding his glory, as of the only begotten Son. So, in a nutshell, what is the topic that we are looking at? And, we may put it simply this way, that learning to hold onto God's word, learning to hold onto God's word, or learning to hold onto Jesus as a reality, as a fact, learning to hold onto God's word as a fact or, or reality, or learning to hold onto Jesus as a fact or a reality. Now, the question that I start our discourse with is why is faith so important holding on to the word of faith so why is faith important in this discourse of ours in this reflection of ours why why is faith important and we we get to know that the whole of the bible from uh, genesis to revelation is about revelation of god God revealing himself to mankind. And this act of revelation of God, of himself, to mankind, is something that 
can only be grasped in faith. Okay? It can only be understood in faith. Because, I mean, you go to uh, John 1, how the word can become flesh and dwell amongst us. These things, you can think and think and think. You can never wrap your head around it. You receive it in faith. So, the, the whole revelation of God, the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ is, is an act of faith. And that is something that you can receive, you know, through faith. And, and if, if uh, so, so you come to now Hebrews 11 verse 6, and, and that's why now it's important. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, whoever comes to God must know that he exists and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, it is, it is very important but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. This is what uh, Hebrews 11 tells us. Um, without faith, so faith is so important. It is, if you like, it is the basis. It is the foundation on which our walk with God is, is based. If, if you take out faith, there is no way you can walk with God. There is no way you can have a meaningful relationship with God. So faith is important. If we want to walk with God, faith is the basis. Faith is the foundation. It is the prescribed way to receive every word God speaks to us as a fact. We, we had already established that, you know, holding on to the word of God as a reality, as a fact. So, faith, if you like, is that key, you know, that opens that door, that understanding, so that we can enter into a relationship with God. Faith. Now, so how do we now come to walk with God? How do we now, you know, learning to hold fast? How do we hold fast this word of faith? How do we walk with, with God? And um, I want us to, my anchor passage is Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. And I'll, 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 I'll prefer that you use the New King James Version. Joshua 1.8. The New King James uh, Version says, This book of the law shall not depart. So now we are trying to figure out how to, you know, walk with, 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 with God. How to hold fast to this word of, of faith. And uh, Joshua 1.8 tells us something. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then 
you will have good success. You, you, you see the way I stress certain words. All! And then, you know, so it looks like it's, it's a chain, you know. You, you do this, you do this, and then the end result is the good success that we, we, we find. So, there are some points that I, I, I wish to draw our attention to this evening. You, you realize that this passage talks about this book of the law. This book of the law. When we, we hear the word book, Ozabu, what do you do with a book? You read a book, not so. You read a book. Or you look at pictures. The, the old ladies, when they picture pictures, they look at pictures. Eh? But a book is to be read, right? But it is interesting that in this verse, and, and this was God himself addressing Joshua after uh, Moses had, had departed, and he was giving him his marching orders, and this is what God said. He said, this book of the law, so God had given him a book, and he said, this book of the law. Now, I thought that you should, so you should read the book. Eh? This book of the law, read it. But that's not what he said. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. And I took note of that. that how can you talk about a book? And instead of saying the book should be read, he says the book sh- shall not depart out of your mouth. So we've all established that a book is to be read. But in this, let's just note it, that a book is to be read. But in this instruction that God gave uh, Joshua, he didn't say read the book. He said the book shall not depart out of your mouth. Because quite a number of us, when we read, we are reading, we, we sit and we, we, we go over, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. Nobody will know that you are reading, right? But he says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So, we will come back to the reading, which we all agree that the book is to be read. But the first thing that he talks about is that it shall not depart out of your mouth. What does that mean? It means that the book of the law that the Lord gave Joshua is one that he is to speak. You know? So, it means that Joshua's pronouncements, Joshua's confessions are to be in accordance with the book that the Lord gave him. So, the first uh, thing that I want us to look at is that our pronouncements and our confessions in life should be in accordance with the word of God. Some of us tend to be a little reckless or let me say uninformed about our pronouncement. So we say things and somebody will say, any howly. But this evening we are being told that if we are to uh, make real, we are to actualize these things, then our pronouncements and our confessions should be in accordance with the word of God. So that is why he says, the book shall not depart out of your mouth. Everything that you say should be in accordance with the word of God. Then he goes on. But you shall meditate on it day and night. You shall meditate on it day and night. 
And I say that, I dare say that this is an active thing. To meditate on the word is an active thing. It's not a matter of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, then something is just going on in your mind. Or you close your eyes and then you are beholding. No. This meditation on it is an active thing. So, it means that you are to reflect on it. You know, you are supposed to ask questions. So it's not a passive thing. We are to think about the word. We are to ponder over the word. We are to reflect on the word. And it includes asking questions. Okay? It includes asking questions. It is only when we do that that we are engaging the word of God. So we are to meditate on the word. And as I said, this meditation is not, it's not a passive thing. And, and I remember uh, a special exercise that I did on on Psalm 23. So, uh, I, I had heard when I was in the university, I mean, somebody came to preach to us and he said, so when you are meditating on the word, you know, speak the word. Reflect on the word. Think on the word. Ponder over the word. Ask questions over the word. So, after two weeks of fasting and meditation on the word of God, the I shall not want it sank and was anchored in my spirit. And I knew without a shadow of doubt that I shall not want. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is what meditation means. You reflect on it. You ask questions. You think about different words. Different uh, 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 rendition. And as you reflect and ask all the questions and all that, you see that the, the Lord drops the word into your spirit. And that is when you say, ah, this is it. You come to that realization. So we are to meditate on the word. And as I said, this is not a passive thing. It is an active thing. And then he goes on to say, and observe to do according to all that is written in it. You are to observe to do according to all that is written in it. So, another version says, and be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So, if you are to observe, it means that we are to be intentional. We are to be purposeful. You know, we are to be strategic about, you know, obeying the word of God or doing according to the word of God. How do we become strategic? How can we become intentional? You know, Job said something that I like, and it, it gives us uh, an indication of how Job did it. So, we look at Job uh, 31, verse 1, and you can, let's look at it in the NIV, uh, Job 1, 31. Uh, Job, Job 31, 1, Job 31, he said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. That is being purposeful. See, these eyes, eh? Obisi and Nipensha. So every time you are looking, you are looking, hey, this is, the girl is nice. So suddenly you see her shape. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. He was being intentional, he was being purposeful. Some people, when we were uh, in secondary school, there was no Bible, no breakfast. Eh? 
the person why we are passionate. This Bible, I must read it. If I don't read the Bible, I don't eat. So, when the Bible talks about being careful, being intentional, being purposeful of obeying the word of God, it means that you and I, there are certain things that we need to take active steps to acting. You realize that this thing is worrying you. Eh? There's, obviously, if you know that you are short-tempered, you know, when something is, somebody is talking to you and you see that the thing is coming, you see, you are being intentional about it. If you know that you are one who likes women and everything, so then you want to be like Job. Hey, I've taken a covenant. And I remember when we were in Atimota school, uh, there was a, a, a gentleman who started uh, selling donuts, you know, close to uh, our house. So, this friend of mine, you know, that when you come from lunch, that is when the, the woman is frying the, the beef, and the aroma will just meet you. And when the aroma meets you, I mean, you empty your pockets. So, this friend of mine, I mean, when we get to a place, before we get to uh, where the woman sells the thing, he would just cut across, free youthful passion, free youthful passion, free youthful passion. He said, I won't even come and walk in front of that uh, uh, place to be caught. He was being intentional. He was being purposeful, right? You are observing to do according to all that is written in it. So, my dear uh, brothers and sisters, what I'm saying is that there are certain steps concrete steps that we need to take if we want to observe and be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And he says, by guarding it, according to your word. So you know, by guarding it, so, how can a young man keep his way pure? Now, he has made uh, the word of God his guard. So, it is like a railing. Eh? He has built a fence with the word of God. So, if I want to go and I hate the word of God, if I want to go and I hate the word of God, that is, he's guarding his heart according to the word of God. So, you and I, what are we also doing to be intentional about observing the word of God. He says, we need to guard our hearts according to the word of God. And not only that, he says, we are to observe to do all that is written in it. And I also took note of that. Uh, quite a number of us, we, we tend to be choosy. We, we, we pick and choose. So somebody is... Somebody is not, he doesn't commit adultery. He doesn't uh, commit fornication. But as for gossip, hey! But the Bible also talks about gossips. The Bible talks about gossips, right? The Bible talks about, you know, uh, being patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. Or that this person, as for him, but the Bible says that he who does not provide for his, his family is worse than an unbeliever. So, the word of God is complete. You know, 
we don't pick what to obey and live out. We don't pick and choose. Somebody said, the word of God is not like a beauty contest where you go and then you want to select. No. We are to be careful to obey all that is written in it. And how can we obey all that is written if we don't know all that is written? So God gave Joshua a book. And he said, this book shall not depart of your mouth, but you are to do according to all that is written in it. So we can only do all that is written in it when we know all that is written in it. So that uh, uh, what we read in the in the in the psalm when he says that by guarding it according to your word, he knows the word. So he knows what the word talks about patience. He knows what the word talks about uh, responsibility. He knows what the word says about being lustful. He knows what the word says about being lazy. He knows. He knows. And we can only know when we get into the word of God. So, how do we get into the word of God? We read the word of God. That's why I said we'll come back to the reading. So, he gave him a book. And you and I agree that a book is to be read. So, we must read the word of God. Not only should we read the word of God. So we read the word of God every day in your everyday quiet time. You read the word of God. As you sit, you know, in your, you read the word of God. We have to read the word of God. That is one way of getting the word of God into us. We are also to study the word of God. Studying the word of God is not just uh, taking the, the Bible and read. But then that's when, if you are a bit, uh, listen, you pick your, your concordances and you pick your, your study materials and all that, and you have been painstaking looking at, at, at words, looking at the structures, asking all the questions, going backwards and forth, and, and writing the revelation that God is giving you. So you study the Word of God. We get to know the Word of God. We get to do the Word of God when we know the Word of God and we study the Word of God. Not only do we study the Word of God, we also memorize the Word of God. So I'm giving you pointers as to how to know and to do the Word of God. So I've talked about reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, then you memorize the Word of God. Okay? You memorize the Word of God. Roberto, when we were in school, when you go and chew, at times you go and sit somewhere and you are pouring the Word. You are just pouring. It's like you are talking to a blackboard. So not only do you chew the Word of God and memorize, but you must also speak the Word of God. Okay? So we started by saying that this book of the law shall be in your mouth. We are to speak the word of God. When you, you read the word of God and you study the word of God and you memorize the word of God, you want an opportunity to also do what? Apply the thing. So you speak the word of God. And that also helps you to remember. Because that which you do not speak about, you forget. So you speak. Speak the word of God. It becomes part of your everyday language. It becomes part of your everyday engagement. You speak the word of God. Not only that, but you also tell others about the word of God. Okay? You also tell others about the word of God. So, in, if we want to really know the word of God and do all that the word of God is saying, I'm, recommend, I'm recommending to you this evening these five points. Right? Read the word of God, study the word of God, 
Memorize the word of God. Let it be your confession. Let the word of God speak about the word of God and also tell others about the word of God. When we do these five things, the word of God will become part and parcel of us. Then the word of God will become a guard, right? Because anything at all that we are doing, the word of God forms a hedge. Eh? The word of God will guide us in the way we are to go about things. So this is how we get to know and we get to know, you know, do the word of God. In James chapter 1, uh, James chapter 1 verse 22, let's see what James has to tell us there. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So, you know, if we read the word of God, we hear it, and then yeah, you pass, forget. And you don't put it into practice. James says that we are only deceiving ourselves. Okay? So, we are to be doers. In other words, we should... Put into practice what the word of God tells us. And then uh, I also put down uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. I, I talked about confessing the word, Proverbs 18, 21. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So, as we study the word of God, we confess the word of God. It should be on our tongue. We should cut out all the negativity. Some of us, we are too negative. Everything that we say, oh, as for me, oh, as for me, every, you don't see yourself in the light, but God sees you. You are a creation of God. And when God created you, he said, it was beautiful. So tell yourself, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Okay? And cut out the negative. That is the devil's way of getting you ensnared. So, Proverbs 18, 21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it who eat its fruit. I'm recommending to you that the word of God that we read, the word of God that we study, the word of God that we memorize, it should be on our tongue. And then we should do that so that it will be well with us. Um, And then Romans, let's look at Romans 2, chapter 13. Romans chapter 2, verse 13. Romans chapter 2, verse 13. It says, For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So, yes, all the hearing, all the reading, it is, to, it is to move us to be doers, okay? And as we do that, it says, not the hearers of the law uh, are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law, they will be justified. So, we should not be ones who deceive ourselves, but we should walk as wise people, as people who know what it is to do. And then, why do we have to go through all this, you know? And I think uh, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God did not leave 
Joshua wondering why he should do these things. Because he said that for them, as you study the word, as you meditate on it, as the word does not depart out of your mouth, but you do all this, for them, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So, I like it. You deduce, you deduce, you deduce. If you do this, if you do this, if you do this, ah, then you will make your way prosperous. And again, I want us to look at the words. You know, it's a word of God that we just need to get into. It says, for then you will make your way. Or, for then you will make your way. What did you hear? Also, did you hear that for then God will make your way prosperous? He says, then you will make your way prosperous. So you see, that these are principles. As you study the word of God, as you meditate on the word of God, as you reflect on it, as your life reflects the word of God, then you have positioned yourself to receive the blessings. You have now positioned yourself to be prosperous. You have positioned yourself for what? Good success. So when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, say, say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you and I, we pray to God, you know, we just position yourself to be in line with God's word. That is all that prayer is about. That is all that, you know, we petition ourselves. If God says that if you do this, you'll be blessed. And he says, me, I'll do a different thing. Ah, you have placed yourself out of line. Papa Soja, when you, you, you go on a, a drill, everybody should, you know, you fall in line. If you are out of line, you know that, you know, you, you are, so you fall in line. That is what we do with the word of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we do all these things, he says, don't let the book depart out of your mouth. The book is in your mouth. Meditate on it, you meditate on it. Be careful to do according to You do all that. And then he says, if you do all these, for then you will make your... Because your, your life, your confessions, your acts are in line with the word of God. So when your, your words your confessions, your deeds are in line with the word of God, then God says that you will make your way prosperous. You see, at times we make some things, but it is not. So, he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Confess. Confess positive. Because you are not confessing the word of God. But if you confess, I am fearfully and wonderful made. I am the apple of God's eye. My palms are, my name is written on his palms. My walls are always before him. He does not uh, slumber nor sleep. He watches over me. He who watches over Israel does not. How can your father then sleep? You are standing in line with the word of God. So, my dear uh, brothers and sisters, what I am recommending to you is that Let's stop blaming our fathers and, 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 and God and the devil and all that. We are supposed to be in line with the word of God. And as we do that, we will make our way prosperous. 
It is not that we are going to do something, but you have positioned yourself such that when God comes down, you are the one that he sees. When the angels come down, you are the one that he sees. When grace comes down, it will locate you. How can you not be rich? How can you not be prosperous? For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. It is not every success that is good success. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof may not be right. When you go into a workplace and you go and lobby and lobby and lobby and you get a promotion, it is in front of you. The day of reckoning will come. When you go and you use wrong means, go so that the men, the big men are playing with you and then they are, they are giving you monies and all that. The day of reckoning will come. It is, that is not good success. But the success that God brings our way is the one that he adds no sorrow. The favor of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow. So God talks about these things. When we do these things, he tells us that what? We will have good success. And I say that walking this way leads to a life of certainty and assurance. So you walk with God and you know that it will be well with you. You know that your father is always, he's never sleeping. That's why David could say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Because he knew that his father God was with him. Yes, the storms may roll without me, my heart may low be laid, but God is round about me. Can I be dismayed? And can I be dismayed? God is with you. He will be with you in trouble. He said, I'll, I'll be with you in trouble. You call upon me in the door and I will answer. I'll be with you in trouble. I'll deliver you. I'll set a table before you in the presence of my enemies. So your enemies will be coming plenty, plenty, plenty. But that is not your concern. Why? Because your father is in control. So this, walking this way, gives us a life of certainty and assurance. We know where God is leading us. Because God's word guides us. God's word directs us. Even when we sleep, he, we, he, he causes us to dream. He says, you will hear his voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And because of that, it is a, a life of assurance. Okay? It is a life of assurance. It is a life of certainty. We know where we are going. We do not walk in darkness. And uh, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We don't walk in darkness because the word of God guides us. The word of God guides us. It leads us to a life of certainty and assurance. It also leads to a life of boldness without fear. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. I shall not fear. For God has not given us the spirit of of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The devil cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's a fearmonger. He's a fearmonger. He will always come, if you don't do this thing, then if you don't do this thing, it's part of his stock in trade. Lies. But when we know the word of God, we become bold. We become bold. It says, the righteous shall be as bold 
as lion. Proverbs uh, 28, chapter 1. He is the righteous, uh, as bold, as lion. Talks about the wicked flee. The wicked flee. Let's look at Proverbs 28, verse 1. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lion. Because God is with us, we are not afraid. Because God is with us, we are not intimidated. And you know, it, it reflects, because there are people who are, they cannot even take any decision. Hey, and if I go and listen, hey, and if I, so one decision, they'll go here, they'll come here, they'll go here. But when you know the one that you walk with, and you know that he is the Alpha and the Omega. In the beginning, there was God. At the end, there will be God. You are not afraid. You are not afraid of any decision that you are taking. Because you know that you have consulted him. You have consulted his word. And his word guides you. Because of that, we are not afraid. My prayer is that this evening, we will learn to walk with God this way. We will learn to hold fast the word of faith. We will let God, we will let the word of God, Jesus, be the center of our life. We will not think of Jesus in a wishy-washy manner, but we will engage him. We will engage him. In Romans it says, do not conform to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He said, I will not leave you, but I will send the comforter who will be with you always. So Jesus is not some phenomenon sitting somewhere that does not care. Even in the era of a COVID pandemic, he cares about us. When we do not know, because they think some people are asymptomatic, you don't know who you are seeing, and here people are dying. We are not to fear. We are to learn to hold fast to the word of faith. And as we speak the word of God, as we meditate on the word of God, as we read the word of God, as we memorize the word of God, as we confess the word of God, the word of God will become alive to us. We will walk with Jesus as, as David walked with him. We can say that this man we know, the Holy Spirit will always be with us. May we so reflect on God and so encounter Jesus in everyday living. The Methodist hymn, let me just finish with this, is when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who trust and obey. Then the reference is trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Would that each and every one of us would trust God. We hold on to Jesus. 
will walk in this uh, walk of faith so that Jesus will become real to us. May the Lord himself grant us understanding and insight so that we will enjoy our walk with him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we, shall we pray?